Hi, I'm David Green, and welcome to episode four of season 23 of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Today, I'm talking to Shlomit Groman Nivot, Chief People Officer at one of the largest and fastest growing global trading platforms, OLX Group. The crises that we've seen, um, you know, recently are human-centric crises, and and HR is in the front, um, or, or the, the people functions in the front of leading and managing uh, these crises. So I think it's extremely important to kind of put the oxygen mask first, and really look at the well-being and the wellness of our teams uh, who need to take care of others. With over 20 years of experience in building organizational strength for global companies. Shlomit will be sharing her best practices on tackling the human-centric crisis. We will also be exploring how to maintain focus on long-term business goals when black swan events such as the pandemic and the war in Ukraine can radically shift priorities overnight. We dig into Shlomit's redefinition of VUCA as vision, clarity, understanding and agility. We look at how to use data as a driver for meaningful conversations and decision-making. And there's much more. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Shlomit Grumman-Navot, Chief People Officer at OLX Group to the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Shlomit. It's great to have you uh, as a guest. Can you please begin by telling us a little bit about OLX, your current role uh, at OLX Group and how you arrived there? Thank you, David, and thank you for having me uh, in your podcast today. So, uh, the way I arrived to OLX uh, Group, um, and I was mentioning it to you uh, just before, was pretty much by chance. So I didn't know a lot about OLX before joining uh, this uh, great company. Uh, it is part of Process, which is one of the uh, largest uh, internet consumer um, groups uh, in, in the globe. And specifically at OLX, we build uh, tech-enabled marketplaces, ecosystems, um, of services that facilitate trade um, across 30 plus countries. Um, and we are represented in, in very, very different uh, parts of the world, uh, in Europe, in India, in Indonesia, in LATAM, uh, in the US, and still expanding. And um, we are focused on second-hand uh, good uh, trade, but not only. And um, we are building services around that, which is if this is pay and ship, if this is consulting services, financing, uh, pricing, uh, advisory, we are also in the uh, services, uh, in the in the jobs sector, and we have a very big uh, autos transaction uh, business, which is uh, very fast growing, and this is where we also have offline operations, so retail stores, um, where we basically bring in together buying and, and, and buyers and sellers um, of secondhand cars and, and also facilitate the selling process, including inspection centers, pricing, uh, so on and so forth. I've been with OLX for the past almost uh, three years. Uh, before, I worked for um, other uh, global companies uh, in the area of technology. So I worked for IBM. I think that was more or less, uh, we were both at, at IBM at the same time. I worked for SAP uh, for many years uh, uh, in regional roles, global roles, uh, responsible for emerging markets. Uh, then I worked in the banking uh, sector and I spent some time also working in uh, in Moscow and now in the Netherlands uh, since three years. So I lived in um, UK, uh, in France, in Spain, 
in 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 Moscow and now um, in the Netherlands uh, for almost three years. Wow, a really cosmopolitan background to the career, and and obviously the way you outlined OLX, it's a, it's a pretty exciting organization to be the chief people officer of. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, as I mentioned, it's been uh, growing and changing very rapidly, um, and of course, like any. Uh, e-commerce, business, consumer tech, you know, of course, uh, the pandemic has changed a lot for us and accelerated um, a lot of the things that we are doing, uh, especially um, around the, the goods trades, but not only, um, as, as we are seeing a big shift towards uh, secondhand, and this is something that we are proudly also facilitate. Like a- anything right now, you know, uh, across the globe, you need to kind of combine both uh, the transformation of the business, so these ongoing changes, and obviously also facilitate growth. And we'll talk about about that a little bit more um, today, is that paradox that we need to, to manage um, as HR professionals, but as leaders, uh, which I'm sure a lot of companies are seeing uh, right now across the globe. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it sort of lends on to the sort of next topic, really. I mean, we've had not one, but two Black Swan events in the in the last couple of years and during your three-year tenure as a chief people officer, you know, the world of work has pretty much been turned inside out due to the pandemic, obviously, and now the war in, in Ukraine. You know, there's no manual for, for your chief people officer an organisation for a pandemic or a war. So as a chief people officer, how do you begin to prioritise what you should be focusing on at any given moment? And, and I'm thinking particularly about how you balance some of those long-term objectives that you talked about briefly uh, with the need to drop everything uh, when circumstances require it. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the last um, three years have been like, uh, I mean, personally, it's been a, an amazing uh, learning journey, but not only as a leader, but also I think overall for, for the HR function. And maybe I can share just a um, few things that I've kind of taken away and what I'm seeing uh, from the way that we respond to this, to these different events, which indeed, you know, I think, <laughs> I mean, it's just happened this way that things that might have happened, you know, in the past throughout a lot of years are now happening um, in, in, a, in a shorter uh, period of time. And I think the first thing, as we saw with the pandemic, but also uh, with the current uh, with the current situation and the war and any other kind of external event that impacts people is first take care of your people. So we we very much take this people come first approach. Um, if this is about the wellness, the well-being of the people, ensuring that people are safe. Uh, so first of all, people and prioritize people in every situation. And once you do that, you know, and you keep that at the top of your priority, you can look at other things. So what needs to change or evolve uh, in terms of um, of the business, the way that you respond to your customer needs, uh, local communities, how the way you support local communities and so on. The crises that we've seen, you know, recently are human centric crises and and HR is in the front um, or, or the, the people functions in the front of leading and managing uh, these crises. So I think it's extremely important to kind of put the oxygen mask first and really look at the well-being and the wellness of our teams uh, who need to take care of others. And that's another thing that we need to be very, very conscious of, and we have been very, very conscious of. And then extremely important to stay agile and pivot quickly. So obviously, you know, we plan and we always need to plan uh, a little bit for the long term um, and, uh, and set the goals for the year. So be very clear about what we want to achieve. And at the same time, be extremely flexible and agile as the circumstances change to be able to adapt 
quickly. So it's, it's a lot about prioritization and the mindset of, okay, when things are changing, when things become uncertain, we are ready to, to pivot. And that's what takes me also to, and, and that's also part of the learnings of what I've seen in these recent crises or the ongoing situation that we are managing. It's really about mindsets. Um, and part of that mindset is the resilience that you develop in yourself and also in your teams is this embracing of uh, uncertainty and learning to accept it to some degree, which sometimes difficult, but that's almost something that we need to start feeling or being comfortable with. And this is something that also we need to pay attention on and how we develop it in the teams. This is something that definitely can be uh, developed. It's also, I think, important, um, and that's another learning uh, which I saw in COVID and also with, with recent events, is keep communication really, really uh, close. So, I mean, like making sure that there is ongoing communication all the time. When things start to, to shift, it's really important that we communicate constantly and provide clarity as much as possible. It's also okay to say, we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And sometimes we don't have a crystal ball where we can say exactly what's going to happen in, in three months or in six months. We don't know. But there are things that we know today that we need to give clarity on. And we need to ensure that as soon as we know that we tell people. So this communication becomes extremely, extremely important, especially in, in times of crises, but also when, when the teams are, are quite remote. What we found, especially with COVID, is that very quickly you need to define what are the decisions that the teams need to make on the ground, because they are very, very close to where things are, are happening, and where you need to stay very much aligned uh, at, at the company level, at the group level. As people talk, as you know, what, what you think is very unique in one place actually happening also in another place. So the more the crisis is global, the more it is important to be consistent and assess you know, what decisions are made uh, where and be very, very clear also uh, on that. So plan, but stay, uh, stay agile. I think that's kind of the key learnings from what I've seen in the past three years. Yeah, I, I love that. It's, uh, you know, just to sort of sum, summarize, you know, you say take care of people, keep communicating, empower them and plan. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's a, some pretty good advice, I think. We, you know, we're told and we've been told for quite a few years that we live in a VUCA world, one full of volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity. We've definitely seen that in the last the last couple of years. Does this and you talked about how this has been a big learning journey for, for you personally, but also, as you said, for the HR field, a whole field of HR. And there's an argument that HR has been elevated in the, in the last couple of years as well. Do you think that this fundamentally shifts the, the function of HR? You know, I, I really like the new definition of, of VUCA, uh, which is a vision, understanding, clarity and agility. I prefer that one as well. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because, you know, I mean, as I mentioned before, you need to embrace uncertainty. This is part of the world that we are living in. And it's almost like just get comfortable with it. But within that, I think we need to focus on the opportunities. And there is a very big opportunity to become very, very, very clear and super focused in what you're doing. So I think actually it pushes us as a function to strive for that clarity, for that simplicity uh, and approach things in a very, very agile way. It almost forces us to do it. And then also, you know, as, as, as a function, we need to get comfortable in managing paradoxes. As, you know, often I get the question, is it one or the other? You know, should we 
take care of growth or should we look at efficiencies and effectiveness? Uh, as clearly also now we see shift in the world. Um, money is not as cheap as it was six months ago. There is also now a certain shift towards look also inwards, look at your efficiencies, take care of cash, of, um, strive for profitability and so on. So growth is important, but it's also important to do things smartly. And it's not one or the other. It's one and the other. So I think it, it's about how do we keep those two things uh, um in balance and, and strive for both. And I would say the other thing is a function that we all reason to the occasion is to stay super pragmatic on things. You know, you can't do everything. You don't have to do everything. This is all goes back to this uh, focus on prioritization. And I think this, this world that we're living in is giving that this opportunity to simplify, to get things clear and to be super pragmatic. And I would say that also, the other thing that I've seen is that it gives us an opportunity to evolve our operating model. So I, you know, I always say I'm not married or not attached to any operating model. I, I think you know things can also change over time, and sometimes you put the emphasis and the focus on on different things depending on the challenges that are in front of you. Also, the business needs, and it all starts with understanding your customer, and and one of our leadership behaviors is start with the customer. What are the problems that we are trying to solve and what is the best way to, to solve them? And question ourselves, you know, how much we actually scale things, especially in, in a global setup and as you are building a global operation and you need to grow very fast. I think the question comes, um, how do you scale quickly your operation? So how do you make sure that you don't invent things in 30 different ways. You can actually, the benefit of a global uh, a global setup that you can experiment, but once, you know, it works, you take it. And you have to be very disciplined around this 80-20% rule that you basically build for 80% standardization because the employee experience and the problems are very similar. I mean, there, there is clearly no one size fits all. Uh, what, what is needed for the tech population is needed and what is needed for the retail population or for the commercial, that's quite clear. So it's, it's not about one size fits all, but once you have a solution which is linked to a certain experience, you need to be able to, to scale it um, as, as, as quickly as possible through obviously technology, op your operating model, roles and responsibilities and so on. And that's something that continuously is evolving and again, you know, I think if you keep the, the the principle of being pragmatic, clear, and agile, then uh, I think it actually becomes much easier, also in the way that you can execute. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, the the, the eighty twenty, because you know, in HR, perhaps in the past, particularly with some of the technology we've had to use, we've we've designed this, we've designed for one size fits all, and that's never going to work. But you can't go completely the other way. So, and as you said, you know, you've got different personas, different cultures, maybe in different countries if you're a global company servicing that. But generally 80%, you know, if you're looking at employee experience, as you said, is going to be good. And then the 20% you you personalize and customize a little bit. And that that's manageable, I think, isn't it? So Exactly. And, and you know, I'm, I always say that uh, we are not centralizing, we are globalizing. And I see what to, uh, like a big difference here because... When you centralize, then you say, okay, you know, I'm going to put all my operation in X or Y location. We are actually located where our customers are, where our employees are, where our communities are. And that's a very important principle for us to keep. We are where our people are. But the ways of working, 
the, the, the standards, uh, the processes, the experiences are as globalized as possible, but they start with what actually we need. So kind of bringing this, the voice of the customer or the voice of the employee combined with what the organization needs together to create the best solution. When we come back in just a moment, Shlomit delves into the best practices of leading teams during agile and ambiguous times and the importance for leaders to be flexible, agile and creative. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Vizia. The well-being of employees and of business are intertwined. Keeping tabs on both means empowering people leaders with critical insights for the benefit of all. Vizia provides the insights you need to see your people and your business clearly. Vizia has 15,000 customers in 75 countries around the world, including enterprises like Adobe, BASF, Bridgestone, Electronic Arts, McKesson, Merck, Uber, and more. Learn more at vizier.com. That's V-I-S-I-E-R.com. Welcome back to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast and my conversation with Shlomit Graman Nivot, Chief People Officer at OLX Group. You talked earlier briefly, you know, personally experienced new challenges and, and changes over the, the last couple of years. But how do you as a, as a chief people, so how do you lead your team to know what's expected of them? Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question. Uh, and I have to say that I'm evolving as a leader. Uh, so I'm, I'm continuously learning, um, uh, making mistakes as well. But I think that's part of learning. Uh, so you never fail, you just learn. And uh, and you also need to adapt constantly. And I personally also needed to adapt uh, during, uh, during the last three years as context change and obviously also the external challenges. Um, so I am I'm very much uh, focused on being that adaptive leader that I was also talking about before, that mindset and, and demonstrate this uh, mindset. So be very flexible uh, and change when is needed. And when I'm saying change is all in, right? You you can't change just one element. When, when change happens, you need to look at your behaviors. You need to look at the way you operate as a leader, the way you communicate, your assumptions, and sometimes think differently about certain things. I also found throughout my, my career is that no matter how much experience you have, you can, it's never copy-paste. You can never bring exactly the same solution to a new organization as it is a different organization, typically different uh, set of behaviors and culture, and context is changing. So always you need to adapt to the context and change first. You know, Before you even ask others to change, you have to demonstrate and, and show that they change yourself. And obviously, I, I also learned to embrace the uncertainty and in a way to, you know, almost to love it, you know, in the sense that where is the opportunity? You know, when things happen, uh, even unexpected or external events, what is the opportunity there uh, for me to, to grow as a leader? But also what is the opportunity for us as, as an organization? And it's okay not to have all the answers. So I learned to kind of let go to some degree. I'm not going to have all the answers always. But I'm definitely uh, being very conscious on uh, 
keeping a very open and honest communication uh, with uh, with my team. So listen a lot, sometimes listen much more uh, than talk, create space for conversations, create space for people to come in, uh, just sharing, adjust also the ambition because, you know, I, I there's a lot of things that I want to achieve as a leader and that sometimes you need to to adjust it to also to the reality to the capacity of the organization to other things which are happening in, in people's life and be okay with it so be okay with with kind of less is more especially when uh, the needs of the people are, are are also changing focus and prioritize all the time so clearly you know that's that's another thing that I'm keep on challenging myself not only the team but myself also as the leader create a lot of alignment um, and we just went through that also with uh, with the team as looking backwards from the business problems, the business priorities, what are then the people or the organizational challenges. And based on that, we defined our priorities and the goals. So we spend a lot of time on, on this alignment, especially as people are in different places, they are responsible for different things, they come with different perspectives. This alignment piece is extremely uh, important for me uh, as a leader. And this all empathy thing, you know, I, I really kind of understood fully the importance of it as a leader of my team, but overall in the, the organization. As you know, like the organization has three dimensions. It has the IQ, it has the EQ, and it has the SQ. So the, the EQ is clearly the emotional intelligence, and the SQ is the social uh, intelligence, is the importance of creating connections, the importance of people feeling included, psychological safety. And, and that's something that I've been very, very conscious, uh, very conscious about to create that space uh, uh, for people to, to share and to bring up issues. Uh, so this honesty and openness, this is something that is uh, extremely important for me to create in the team. I know that OLX Group has, you, you have a, a, a leadership team, which is based in different places anyway and that was the case before covid so you're you're managing remotely in a, a hybrid team a, a lot of the case but obviously you've managed teams or led teams before where you've had most of the people together and i was wondering if 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 something like you know that the empathy the, the the need for empathy that you've spoken about the need to to listen more than talk are they are these things that are even heightened when the team that you're managing is distributed Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's becoming uh, important more than ever. And and I've learned also as a leader how you adjust to this hybrid or blended ways of working. And our, our teams were always were kind of everywhere, even before COVID. But clearly we could not meet as often, you know, during COVID. And we were in this storming and norming, like forming, storming, norming kind of period as a team. I'm talking about my team, but it's obviously also the leadership team uh, of OLX. So the importance of connection, of really being conscious that you need to connect to people on a human level and you need to find the opportunities to do that, even in a complete remote setup, and really, really kind of be very intentional about it. I found that that's extremely, extremely powerful and extremely important. So understand what, what's happening in people's life. Uh, understand about people as like overall as, as a person. Uh, so not just uh, as a colleague or as, as someone that works uh, in your team, but what actually is, you know, what are the desires of that person? What's happening in their life? What are their aspirations? So kind of create the space for for this conversation. It's even like simple things as you have one-to-one -one and you always remember to ask, how was your weekend? 
what have you done? Or remember something from their family situation or from their life that you would ask and you follow up uh, on. And these are things when you see each other in the office every day, they're kind of more intuitive because, you know, you meet in the, in the, in the coffee corner or you have like, you know, side conversation. You don't have it in the virtual uh, space. You have to create it. So you have to create it one-on-one, but then you also need to create it on, or, on an organizational level. And sometimes we add like all hands. So get together globally of the team. And it was all about, can you share? Just share what is on your mind, uh, especially when big events or something is happening where you want to hear people or you want to provide them the space. I don't want to say the word vent, but to, um, yeah, just to uh, speak up or speak what is on their mind. And that's something that almost like you need to be very, very intentional about. And I found it to be extremely powerful. So communication is becoming really important. And I would say not just, not just communicate, not just having the channel, but be very intentional about it and act as a chief reminder officer. You know, I, I think we, we, we often assume we said something and people remember. Well, mostly they don't. So you have to repeat and repeat and repeat. Really, really good. I've seen great, some great advice there, I think, for, for people listening who are, who are leading teams and maybe not so used to leading teams when they don't have their team in front of them. One of the other things you said that, that really struck leads nicely to the next question, Shlomit, and conversations we've had in the past I've always been struck how much as a HR leader you focus on you know what are the business problems that we're trying to solve as an organization and how can we apply that from from an HR perspective which I think again is is is, is a great lesson I think for people listening there's an argument that it's now easier for HR to have oh god the seat at the table uh that we we've heard about for years in the kind of extraordinary times we've been through of late you know are leaders and managers now within the organization, are they quicker to involve you and, 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 the, and the people team in, in, in some of the business challenges they're trying to solve? I don't really see an issue with the, with the seat at the table. I guess I, I, I almost don't even like anymore this definition because especially, I mean, after what we've seen in the last years, I mean, it's, for me, this is so obvious that HR, not only it's a seat at the table, but it's in the front. Of, of a lot of the changes and the challenges. So it's almost like HR is leading from the front uh, in many aspects. It's for me, this is so, I mean, that's what I, I'm seeing, right? Um, that it's it's so natural to immediately when something is, is happening or there is a problem to solve, and it doesn't matter if it's about growth or about change or about external event, whatever, It we are always there. Um, but not there as partners, but there as owners. And one of our leadership behaviors is act as an owner. And that's something that we want to see in every person in the organization. And that's something that we also have in the conversations um, with our teams. It's not about waiting to be asked. It's about if you see a problem, raise it. Bring the perspective. Offer a solution. Ask the questions. Um, sometimes challenge. So it's, it's almost like if you're always there, there is no question about a seat at the table. That's, that's how I see it. And this is why, for me, this is a very natural process where I feel my team members are owning the results together with the with their colleagues uh, and with the other business leaders. It's just we are business people who just happen to work in HR. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I, I, I still sort of smile at the seat at the table thing because, you know, if long as you, if if you said if you're a business professional, it just happens to work in HR. You we, we, you're all in it together with you know with other other functions within the business. And 
and actually pretty much every challenge that an organization has there's a there's a people element to it and sometimes the challenge is a people element so. yeah exactly exactly You've talked a lot about being flexible, agile and, and creative and how important that is in, in your role and, and in the role of, of the people function. For listeners, what does that really mean? You know, if you've got an example that, that you can share that can kind of show about this newish way of reacting. I would only add that, you know, flexible, agile, creative and pragmatic. You know, I, I think this uh, pragmatism is, is extremely important, especially in times like that. So we are we are very flexible when it comes to, as I mentioned, the goal setting. So we, we set certain priorities, but it, when things change, then we uh, we can pivot uh, fairly, uh, fairly quickly. Uh, and the key principle is start with the customer. So understanding what are the needs, what are the needs of the organization, um, in what way things in the business are changing for us to adapt and also do it based on data. So we are very passionate also about data, uh, not only collecting data, but try to connect between different um, data points and, and draw some, some relevant insights that we can also base the, the conversations uh, on. And we build those experiences based on the data and based on, on, on the needs of the organization. I think a good example is also the hybrid uh, blended ways of working. Uh, so we also uh, went out to the organization. So we asked some questions on people preferences. We wanted to understand. And that's another kind of area where we had to combine between the intention of the organization as connection is very important for us. And our intention was always that people will get together. Uh, yes, I mean, maybe not every day and you don't have to be in the office like all the time, but clearly it's important for us. The teams will get together and also depending on the role. So some roles can be more remote. Some roles um, have to be more uh, on-site, but this is where based on data, we built the, um, the, the guidelines on blended working and also the principles of it as we want people and leaders to look at or, or kind of make decisions based on principles rather than strict uh, strict rules. Also in the way that we approach our employer brand, uh, it's also an example where we ac actually, we took a very creative way um, of telling the stories of our people when telling the stories of OLX, you know, because a lot of things like we can kind of, you know, dump a lot of information about OLX uh, um, on, in social media, but much more powerful is to use the, the, the stories of our people. So we went out with campaign of our people sharing their life, basically. So them as people, not only as professionals uh, uh, at OLX. So things which are especially, you know, during COVID, focusing on learning. So creating different uh, learning experiences, uh, creating learning uh, libraries for, for different sets uh, of employees uh, and adapting all the content also around the needs uh, during COVID, uh, well-being, um, uh, conversations and how to run conversations or how to run meetings uh, in a virtual setup and so on. And another good example uh, is uh, alignment of the leadership behaviors. Uh, so, and I'm referring, as you see a lot on our leadership behaviors, we have 10 leadership behaviors uh, at, at OLX Group. And that's something that we aligned on last year as a group. Uh, and now, you know, we, we're using those leadership behaviors for all roles. So it's not just for leaders, it's for every person in the organization. And we are embedding it now in the different people processes. But that's basically where we come out and say, like, these are the behaviors that we uh, that we want to see across the company. So these are just a couple of examples of how we applied some creativity, but also being quite flexible in, in, in our approach. 
We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. If you are looking to continue your learning journey, head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the My HR Future Academy. It is a learning experience platform supporting HR professionals to become more data-driven, more business-focused, and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you will see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gap, deepen your knowledge, and press play on your career. I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Shlomit Grumman Nivot. In this final section, we continue to discuss the significance of using data to drive conversations and decision making and the actions HR need to take as we come out of the pandemic. You mentioned data and I I know you've been doing some really interesting data driven work regarding employee retention and attrition. I'd love to hear what you've been doing, that, that what, what you're able to share with listeners and, and what you've been able to discover. So we are indeed very passionate um, about data uh, and not, not just for, for the sake of it, but really uh, drive the right conversations. And during uh, COVID, we were running well-being service on a regular basis. I mean, not only at OLX, but also at, at uh, process uh, group companies, uh, engagement uh, data. And then we, I mean, we use that definitely to define the actions uh, and to pivot where we needed or to understand where the issues are, but also to start crossing checking it with other data. So, for example, looking at the well-being, looking at the engagement data, looking at uh, attrition, looking at exit interviews. So taking that all picture together and then have conversation around where do we have problems? That's, for example, what uh, drove us to uh, align on uh, some career frameworks in in the organization. As we saw that there is a question around internal career mobility or career enhancement. So we use this opportunity to say, okay, like, let's bring some clarity uh, there. Uh, Another example, as I mentioned, was the the hybrid uh, ways of working that we also based um, the the principles, the guidelines on on the data that we gathered. It's sometimes in in kind of ongoing things. I mean, we have... uh, monthly dashboard that we uh, where we combine different data points uh, around people and obviously we also have live dashboards but any point of time uh, any HRBP or leader can go in and look at the data and understand what's happening right now uh, from all dimension uh, in their organization and we're still in the journey we absolutely in the journey we are still not you know where I would like us to be from from uh, from a data point of view as people data is is all about the business not about HR and we need to get more sophisticated also in linking it with customer data at some point and also you know use it more for the right uh, uh, diversity and inclusion decisions and so on so we're still in the journey um, but I definitely see a much more shift towards Let's have a fa- like data-driven conversation rather than an opinion. So rather than we think that that's the problem, but what actually what the data tells us. And I am very glad that we are, I, I see definitely a very good shift in behavior and also in the acceptance of the leaders to have data-driven conversation. Yeah. And I know you, you obviously at the forefront of leading that, 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 that drive. And, you know, what be interesting, I think, again, for listeners, maybe uh, Shlomit is to, to hear from from you as a chief people officer, 
how important is data to you in your day-to-day work? It's very, very difficult for me to imagine not using data. Let's put it this way. Clearly, when you make decisions, you use a lot of intuition um, or like you refer to your past experience or what you believe based on what you heard is the right decision. At the same time, wherever you can use data, it's good to have the data in hand. Um, the, the, there are always going to be decisions where, you know, you're not going to have all all the facts um, or everything that all the data that you need in order to make the, the decision. But at least it gives you some orientation uh, or it's a base for conversation uh, or it's a base for uh, asking deeper questions about what is actually the underlying problem, what actually the root causes of, of this, of, the, of what we are seeing, of what the data t- tells us. So I personally love data. And uh, and again, not just for the sake of data, but when there is a problem, I'm always interested, like, okay, what is actually, what the data tells me? And try to connect as much as possible between different data points. It's not always easy because, again, not, uh, not all the data points are connected. And that's also something that we're still in the journey connecting between the data points, it's kind of creating this one data lake. But you you can actually, I mean, what I learned is that it's very surprising how much data you already have that you're not always tapping into, not always leveraging. So it's, it's extremely important for me and it's extremely important to create an environment also in the organization where people are curious by looking at data. And of course, one of the areas you've talked about where you've used data is, a, is around shaping your approach to, to, to hybrid and, 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 and how that needs to be nuanced for different groups. Um, you know, and we're hearing a lot from many or pretty much every HR practitioner we speak to at the moment or interview for the podcast, that listening is more important than ever. How do you factor that into people's experience of work in a, in a meaningful, practical way? So I, I guess it's about actioning what you're hearing. Yeah, so listening comes in, in different forms. Uh, I mean, surveys is one also form of, of listening. Conversations. So as I mentioned, like creating the space for just having an open conversation um, without sometimes a topic. There could be a topic and then a follow-up or just kind of uh, like, okay, let's get together and I just want to listen whatever is on, on your mind. You can also have diff- different learning techniques like cohorts when you can, uh, um, when you can practice uh, listening. But really most important is not just listening, but also defining the actions. For example, uh, after every uh, engagement survey, we kind of look at it and say, okay, obviously we need to have some conversations around it and have it as a base for conversation and then define what are the the three, four things that we really want to focus on until the next survey um, that we want to move the needle on or we want to improve. And it's not necessarily all the things which are read, but it's definitely the things that we believe are important uh, as they are maybe correlate with other, again, an engagement factor, or this is what is needed right now for the organization going forward. Uh, so it's very important also to take the feedback and then define the right action and the right ownership around the, the actions. Uh, it's not only, obviously, for, for HR to own the action plan. Um, it's for the leaders to own it and be very, very clear about what is expected from from all levels of leaders in order to uh, to address the issue. Uh, so it's listening. It's about definitely yes, listening first and foremost with a really open mind and uh, open heart, and then doing something about it. Yeah, 
and um, communicating that, again, as you said, as back to one possible. of the points you made yeah. earlier about that, that importance about that communication. All the time. Absolutely. Well, so to finally, Shomit, this is the question we're asking everyone in this series. Um, you know, and you might pull back on some, you know, summarize some of the things that you may have talked about already. You know, what are the two to three things that HR as a as a function will need to to do to really add business value as we uh, hopefully come out of the pandemic? We seem to be coming out of the pandemic. Hopefully, come out of the pandemic. Well, actually, I'm going to offer four things. If if that's okay, fine. that's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So. First, and I talked a lot about it, but just it's kind of to summarize, focus on the business problems uh, and work backwards from that. So what do we need to solve for the customers? What will be the biggest challenges in the next uh, uh, two, three years? And then make sure that the people prior, the people function priorities uh, and the goals are fully uh, aligned with that. Uh, second, I would say clearly understand the voice of uh, the employees or the voice of the customer in in that uh, in that case, and bring that into uh, decisions through data insights, and kind of make sure that you always keep in balance between okay what the organization needs and what what the, what is the voice of the customer, and definitely, as we talked about earlier, one size doesn't fit all. So make sure that that matches the uh, the persona or the population uh, that you build experience for. Uh, third, I would say evolve the mindset. I think that's most important. So it's the capabilities uh, of the people, um, the resilience, the behaviors, the agility, the growth mindset. I think all these things are extremely, extremely important. And I believe this is something that can be developed. So be also very, very intentional about developing people and give them more experience to experiences to be able also to uh, to grow in that direction um, and promote this uh, EQ and, and SQ because I think they're more they're important more than ever. So the IQ part is clearly, that's mostly where we, we pay attention on is kind of the vision, the goals, the results, extremely important. And that needs to be balanced with the interpersonal skills. So how, how do we influence? How do we communicate? How do we build relationship? And the things that we are doing on an organizational level. So be very intentional about this a sense of belonging, psychological safety, this listening at, at scale. So the environment um, that, that we are building for people, you know, often I, I'm, I'm asked about culture. I always say culture is a very big word. Look at behaviors, you know, because behaviors, it's what makes culture. It's like how we make decisions. How do we communicate uh, every day? At the end, it's about kind of like the smell of the place, you know, so how do we do things here? And be be also very much focused on that. So these are the four things that I would uh, offer. Well, some, some great advice there and, and a great way to end what I hope has, has been, well, as for me, been a very enjoyable conversation. You know, thank you for being a guest on the Digital HR Leaders podcast from it. Please can you let listeners know how they can stay in touch with you, follow you on social media and maybe find out more about your work at, at OLX Group? Yeah, well, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, very easy. Uh, and you can also go to our uh, page on LinkedIn and find out much more about OLX and what we do. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, Shamit. It's been a pleasure. And hopefully we'll see each other in person at some point as uh, travel, travel <laughs> begins to open. <laughs> I hope so. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you again to my guest, Shlomit Grumman-Nivot. 
If you did enjoy listening, please do rate the show with five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with your friends and colleagues via social media. We rely on your feedback and support to keep being able to make the podcast. For more from us at Insight 222, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter by going to myhrfuture.com. We'll be back next week for episode five of series 23, where I'll be having an interesting conversation with Ampi Swanepoel and Werner Merbold from the Standard Bank Group on delivering workforce analytics insights at scale. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and take care.